Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, a place for adolescent and family healing. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If your family is struggling and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their trained professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. And it became known as peace through appeasement. And many men, many men. Absolutely. Um, not, it's not always this way, but many men ad- adopt in, in all conflict. What do I have to do or say to just make this stop? Oh, yeah. I find myself just apologizing. Yes. I don't know what's wrong Doesn't here. Doesn't matter. <laughs> My bad. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's move I'm on. I'm so sorry. About uh, what? About what you're upset about? What would <laughs> yeah. that be? Whatever so, no, fills whatever your heart, I did. baby. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Okay, fine, I chew ice. Didn't you break your jaw? <laughs> it's a long story. It has to do with Jamaica and the Hedonism Resort, and we don't have even time yeah, we're not to get there. into it. Um, Beth, I might as well um, stalk nuns. Uh, be involved be involved in child pornography. It, it, it is to her, my chewing ice is the absolute worst possible thing. And not only does she have a problem with me chewing ice. She's she not has, afraid to let you Well, know. no, no, no. She's, um, in fact, she I've is not conflict things. avoidant. Um, but she has the ears of like a bat. <laughs> she can hear me from like a half a mile away. Um I, one time I was, she was out of the, she was, she was out of the room. She was not in the room. And so she's not in the room. So I've got a green light to, to, to chew my eyes. And from this far room, I hear this, Jimmy, <laughs> stop chewing eyes. And I just automate, it was a reflex. I just automatically said, oh, sorry. Uh, and she responded, no, you're not. Because if you were sorry, what? You'd. You'd stop. You'd stop. Yeah, exactly. you'd stop if you were sorry. And that was one of those epiphanal moments in my life because I that was the first time it dawned on me that I was literally not sorry. Not sorry at all. I said, Yo, gosh, you're honey, wisdom, wisdom is flow. It, it is raining truth in here. You're right, baby. I am not sorry that I'm chewing ice. But that brings us to today's topic which is unresolved conflict. I chewed ice as a teenager. I am now 32 years old (laughs) and I'm still chewing ice well into my fifties. I'm on the backside of I'm careening toward 60 years old and I still chew ice with what part of my natural teeth that I have left. And I'm, I'm, I've tried stopping. I've tried to amend it kind of, I'm not stopping. So that this represents an unresolved conflict in our marriage. And we thought this would be an apropos beginning to paradox uh, because it's so common. Everybody, everybody has unresolved conflict in their marriages. Uh, John Gottman, who's who's the, the Gottman Institute in Seattle, uh, sort of the godfather uh, of of marriage therapy in the world, really. Uh, he he gave a stat 
that is a little astounding. And that is 70% of all marital conflict is unresolved. Which is surprising when you told me that. Yeah. I hadn't heard that stat before. 70% is unresolved. And not only that, you know, in Texas anyway, one of the reasons that you can put on the the bottom line of getting a divorce is, um, uh, what is it? Uh, Irreconcilable Irreconcilable differences. I should have not brought up the point if I wasn't going to remember the actual (laughs) name of it. But he also said that 70% of long-term marriages, and and to Gottman, that is 40-plus years, 70% of long-term marriages have irreconcilable differences. Which is fascinating because it lends one to believe that they've just gotten over it, right? So, like, I'm six years into marriage, um, and... God love her. My my wife hasn't learned quite how to put her shoes away. I, I feel like she purposely puts them wherever she knows that I will step, and uh, I tend to be a little bit ordered in my own life. Um, and As in and she, OCD medication, <laughs> no, not clinical by any okay. means. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a bit irritating, and so I, I really don't understand. Obviously, we've we've worked through those types of things, but it's it's fascinating to hear that seventy percent just kind of have learned to accept these things. I would assume yeah, is that what Godwin says? Absolutely. Uh, it, it, and so it's not. It's almost like it's if if you're a if you're a farmer and you're plowing your field, and you come to a big stump. You don't just stop, turn off the tractor, crawl down, go back to school, become an attorney. You just plow around the stump. Just because there's a stump doesn't mean we stop. You just have to alter things and move on around it. If 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 you get a bum knee, you just don't sit down for the rest of your life. You walk with a limp, mm-hmm. but you still walk. And so what we have to deal with is the recognition that these unresolved conflicts that we've all got, uh, be they uh, your the way you view your mother-in-law, um, the way you view someone's uh, job, or whatever. Uh, we live under this myth that all marital conflict has to be resolved. And if it's not resolved... Then there's something wrong. And well, not only that, in my own marriage, it's it's not just has to be resolved, but she has to agree with me. <laughs> she has to see my point yes. that this is ridiculous, yes. that these shoes are in the way yes. uh, and change. Because if she only agreed with me, she would change. Well, and that's the whole point. When when we get into most of us in any any type of conflict, we are very quick to refute what they're saying. Absolutely. And demand that they see things our way. So it's, it's, you're right. I mean, and that's true of all of us. Uh, Most arguments are about how stupid you are and how, you know, how brain dead you've got to be in order to blank. Uh, And we very quickly get into this uh, attack, defend, attack, defend, attack, defend kind of mode. Well, you stop listening at that point. Oh yeah. Yeah. The only thing we're listening for is the other person to take a breath. Yep. So we can dive in and tell them how they're factually incorrect. But if, if we would realize this myth that all conflict 
in marriage has to be resolved. If we just would acknowledge that is a myth, that there's nothing wrong, we're not destined for divorce court, if we have conflict that doesn't get resolved. So if we know that all conflict, not in fact, not all conflict, the vast majority of all conflict is not going to be resolved, then we're left with, then how do we live within that unresolved conflict in a healthy way? Yeah, I think one important thing to note here um, is is being six years into marriage, I can remember very specifically how I struggled to even bring conflict up within my marriage. Um, Just a second. <laughs> he's chewing ice. Can you hear it? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really did. Beth, is, I, Beth isn't even in the house. That's why. <laughs> I can do this. I uh, I struggle to bring conflict up. I, you as a male, you growing up, um, you're cultured into that. You're you're supposed to be Teflon. Um, you really, I feel like the first step, even from learning to live with marital conflict, is actually acknowledging that it's happening. Um, and as women, on on the whole, they're very good at acknowledging conflict and and bringing up, aren't they? Though, and men, we just minimize and minimize Absolutely. and minimize um, so much so that when Katie would, my wife would bring something up, she would have one thing because she's good at bringing up all things individually, almost daily. Uh, no, and and so when she would bring up one thing, I would have like eight things in reserve to then bring up. All right, yes. well now I'm coming guns blazing at that point. And so I have, have very much have had to learn how to, first of all, acknowledge hurt, acknowledge conflict um, as kind of a step one to be able to then live within that conflict. Yes. Yeah. I, I, oh, gosh, I forget the guy's name. He, he did a, what's called an anger ladder that, um, you know, the, the, the very best way that you can handle anger and conflict is to logically and empathetically discuss with each other. That, that's the best way, all the way down to screaming, yelling, throwing at each other things and, and breaking things. And then right below that would be passive aggressive, which falls into Absolutely. denial. Yeah. Uh, that we're just not going to acknowledge. Men are great at it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Because we, we, uh, we compartmentalize so well. Yep. You know, back in the day, um, you know, we would go out and fight the Mongol hordes and then come plant the potatoes. And it, it really worked well for us then. Yeah. Not so much today uh, that we can have this conflict and just wall it off and, and then just go live with our lives, uh, live on with our lives. But men do that well. Um, so we can't deny that it's happening. Uh, and most of the time when we do deny it, it's because we're afraid. We're afraid of what the other person's response is going to be. We're afraid and or don't think it's important. Uh, I, you know, growing up, I, so I got married at 27. Um, and so that was almost 10 years of, of living with other dudes. And so I was never, ever, never thought about, um, please, uh, would you, I don't know, take your feet off the coffee table. That hurt my feelings or whatnot. Like, you just brush it off. You move on. You'd rub some dirt on it. And literally 24 hours, you've forgotten about it. Yes. Um, and so it doesn't build. But obviously that doesn't work within marriage. Um, and so it, more than maybe not more, but as part of it, uh, I wouldn't necessarily attribute to it to all fear, like you said, um, that a lot of it is just minimizing and, and thinking that it's unimportant. True. But it's but it's a foundational to work through conflict, yeah. to live within it. It's foundational. Yes. And for us to understand 
you know, the old, old sayings tend to get to be old sayings because they tend to be true. Uh, when mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. If, if your spouse has a conflict that she's upset about, then it is important enough. Absolutely. Uh, that makes it important enough yep. because she's upset about it. Therefore, uh, we've got to, I think step number one is acknowledging the myth. And I, you can't even over overemphasize the importance of breaking the mindset that something is wrong, something's dysfunctional, yep. and we're in trouble if we do not resolve every conflict. Yep. So step one. Step number two. Okay, then how do we live within that uncomfortable zone of, of having a conflict that is unresolved? Uh, and, and, and one thing, and, and I know we're going to talk about a couple other specifically, but, but one of those is to be able to, you know, to acknowledge that it, uh, that these conflicts happen, that they do not have to be resolved. And one of the very, uh, good, proper and appropriate, uh, resolutions to a conflict can be you and I disagree. That can be, and that's tough resolution. Yeah, absolutely. That's tough. Uh, again, um, not only with the clients that I see, but also in my own life, in my own anxiety, anytime there was conflict uh, that I either felt or that Katie verbalized, I would want to rush very, very quickly into talking about it. Yes. Um, and I, I really failed to live within that tension. And it's something that I have had to grow to learn to do. Um, because I wanted for, to hear you say that being able to just agree to disagree and live within that conflict, that was very, very tough for me initially. I wanted it resolved. I wanted everything put to bed. And so that we could just go on about our lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can remember that being very, very difficult. Well, absolutely. It is because, and one of the reasons is what's underneath conflict is a desire to be proven correct. You know, we disagree on something and the way I view it is the correct way of viewing it. And there are many, many people that cannot rest until not only is their point proven to be correct, but all people bow in acknowledgement of their point of view being correct. It's actually called the fallacy of being right. Uh, That being right is so incredibly important. Uh, therefore, we can't accept because if I accept, okay, you have your opinion, I have my opinion, let's just move on. We've agreed to disagree. Oh, I can't move on from that yeah. because you were wrong. Yep. And and, and and again, I can't I can't go on with my life with just me knowing you right. were wrong. Yeah. You have to acknowledge you were wrong. But at the other end of the spectrum is the people pleasers, in which I would kind of fall in. Yes. Um, and so wanting there to be no conflict, I wasn't necessarily fighting for my, you know, my perspective. Obviously, sometimes I do. Um, but I was just wanting there to not be conflict. conflict. Um, and so that's that's definitely a tough, tough world to be able to. It live. is. And 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 I'm sure at some point we'll talk more about this. But Neville Chamberlain was the prime minister leading up to World War Two. And he was very, very now infamous for signing the non-aggression pact with Hitler. And, you know, it was basically, oh, yeah, you can just sort of have Europe, just don't mess with us. Uh, 
and it became known as peace through appeasement. And many men, many men, absolutely, um, not it's not always this way, but many men ad- adopt in in all conflict. What do I have to do or say to just make this? stop. Oh yeah. I find myself just apologizing. Yes. I don't know what's wrong Doesn't here. Doesn't matter. <laughs> My bad. Yep. Let's move I'm on. I'm so sorry. About um, what? About what you're upset about? What would yeah. that be? Whatever so, no, fills whatever your heart, baby. Yeah. We just want it to stop. Yeah. Um, again, when I, early on in my marriage, you know, I was, when it was, I got married while I was in diapers. Well, yeah. The day I turned 20. Mm-hmm. So I was a sophomore in college. Uh, getting a theology degree, and then went straight into grad school. All of that time, I just thought when Beth would want to argue, and I didn't, I just thought it was because I was mm, holier, yeah, really, much more spiritual than she was. And it took me quite some time to go. Oh uh, no, actually, I'm I'm just as. P- can we say pissed? Can we? We've never talked about it. No, I don't think you're allowed to be pissed in your marriage. Well, I mean, just because this is Christian. I know. I say we leave it in. <laughs> Let's leave it in. That pisses me off. Let's leave it in and see. Well, actually, there's only about three people listening anyway. So what are the odds of offending <laughs> one of those people? Um, but yeah, I was just as angry as she was. Uh, therefore, um, I had to learn, I had to learn, you know, pretty early on uh, to embrace conflict. Now then, so we got to acknowledge the myth that we have to resolve every conflict or there's something wrong uh, and then allow that conflict to exist. We got to find that place between and systems kind of, have to be perturbed. Yes. For marriages to grow, there has to be conflict. It has. It's not. Yep. And uh, Thomas's book, The Sacred Marriage, um, you know, his uh, his uh, subtitle for that book is uh, I paraphrase. Uh, maybe marriage is about is not about my happiness, but my holiness. Sure. You know, maybe God desired marriages to have conflict so that we learn grace and we learn forgiveness and we learn empathy, which leads us to yeah. another step in in handling unresolved conflict, and that is approaching it with empathy. Yeah, empathy is 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 huge, not only in working with with couples, but but my own marriage. L- learning to put myself in my wife's shoes or the spouses that I work with, them learning to put themselves in in each other's shoes and see from their perspective, and th- that does not require having to feel their emotions. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to feel things as strongly. I know a lot of wives will, you know, get frustrated that their, their, their husbands don't feel things as strongly, uh, but the ability to go, you know what, honey, man, I don't necessarily feel this right now, but if I were you, I would absolutely feel this strongly about it. I'm sorry. Um, and kind of then let's move on, um, and, or live within the tension, um, but that that ability to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and be empathetic is it's critical. It is, and just as we're kind of winding down, let and this will be, this will be a recurring theme. Uh, I, I pound this every time I speak, and um, on Wednesday nights at Life Austin, uh, basically at this point, everyone just chants this with me. But for any of this to work, to be empathetic, uh, to be humble to resolve conflict, all of that, the precursor to all of that is getting the adrenaline out of the room. 
by, you know, so many of us have this, this idea that we're going to handle this right now. Get over here. What'd you say? And we want to handle it at that moment. And that's the moment you do not handle it. So, uh, yes, empathy is critical to be able to see something from someone else's point of view and to be able to just, uh, as Elsa once said, let it go. Well, you're not always right. That's what that's what couples. Yeah. Well, we talked about it already, but you you sit there and you fight and you do not listen and you're not empathetic and you don't put yourself in the other person's shoes because you have this intense desire to be correct. But there's neither one of you guys has a monopoly on truth. You have some truth. Your husband and wife and or wife has some truth, and to be able to acknowledge that and go, sweetheart. Again, I might disagree with you, um, but I do see that you have a point. Yes. Um, gets us so far Absolutely. Um, with, with being able to live within unresolved conflict. Absolutely. And being able to not force the other person to agree. Yep. Now then, we're going to leave hitting our main point. It's a myth that all conflict has to be resolved. The vast majority of our conflict, they're irritants. They are not deal breakers. Uh, and we have to acknowledge that they are irritants and we bring irritants to the table, as does our spouse. And so not all conflict has to be resolved. Not all conflict can be resolved or ever will be resolved. Therefore, we let it go. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. Special thanks to Life Austin Church in Austin, Texas, and our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Gar. To find out more about the Paradox and to sign up for email updates, go to our website, paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. And so we never talked, you know, I think the, the day you have to lay down your I'm the husband and you have to submit yes. card is the day you lose the argument. Thank just, you. Yes. Yeah, thank it's, you. It's just, it should never have to be, I mean, to, to, <laughs> To me, we're just mutually pulling together. Parenting is really, really hard. So you're having to mutually pull together yes. um, to figure that out.